Welcome to Connecting Greeks, a streaming comedy show and podcast designed to explore and enhance Greek culture around the world. Join hosts Angelo, Adi, and Foti as they bring you fun and interesting guests from all walks of Greek life. Grab a cafedaki and join us. Hey everyone, welcome to the Connecting Greeks podcast. I am Ari and I am here with my two very lovely co-hosts. Let me introduce, I don't want to say who's lovelier or who's not. So let me just introduce by uh, alphabetical order. Stamos, <laughs> I think, comes before Tarus. All right, so we go, Foti Stamos. How are you, Foti? I'm great. How are you, brother? I am very good, very good. And alphabetically, after you is the main man himself, Angelo Tarus. What's up, Angelo? I don't know. Is my head filling up the screen? <laughs> Maybe, how am I supposed to do it? You know, Forty knows a lot of people. Did you know that? He has to shake a lot of hands. <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, well, I'm excited about our guest today. She, she, she's really nice. I like you two. No comments. I got to say that thanks to like uh, the fact that we're hanging out all the time and creating such great energy and vibes, it makes me want to drink. And what better than to have tonight's guest when it comes to drinks? Ah, very good uh, segue, Forty. I like That's that. Good, uh, Angela, you want to you wanna bring on our guest? Oh, yeah. Lovely, she lovely is, guest. Um, uh, she's an artist, yes. okay? Uh, she's worked hard at this. An artist and entrepreneur, which I think is, I, I admire her. Uh, she's uh, created a vodka line called Tina's Planet Vodka. Yes. Organic vodka. And I saw it when I was at the Anna Vici show, that a big feature on it. She's also a musician, songwriter, um, pursuing the dream like a lot of us here in La La Land. Welcome to Connecting Greeks, Tina Karras. Welcome, Tina. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. It so, is- Tina, we want to know right away, for you, we have a similar story. We both came to L.A. with dreams. Yours seemed to have worked out better than mine. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, we both we both attend, from time to time, St. Sophia Cathedral, <laughs> what we, that we, because we're, we're good Greeks. You're from North Carolina, I understand. Yeah, from Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte, which I've been to many times. Uh, I myself from Canada. Um, and uh, Charlotte's great. I love your accent because you speak a little Greek with a little accent. No, I get the same thing here because like, <laughs> oh, you're from Canada. We can hear the A and the out and about, whatever the thing is. <laughs> but it's cool. So, But, Tina, it, 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 your story is interesting, very interesting because um, you came out to pursue your um, uh, singing career. And then you stumbled onto something else. Yeah. Which is, and that's that's the Spartan side of her, by the way. <laughs> Just so we know, her mom's from Sparta and her dad's from Patmos. No, no. Spartan no. side. No. My dad is from Sparta. Oh, your dad's from Sparta. Yeah, and yeah. my mom's family. My mom's Greek-American, but her father was from Patmos, and then her mother's side of the family was from Sparta. So from Sparta, oh. okay. So I'm like three-quarters Spartan, one-quarter Patmos. Oh, there you go. Okay, that's a good mix. The artistic part probably comes from Patmos. <laughs> because the Spartan part, Tina, is uh, our motto is if we don't understand something, let's kill it. <laughs> that's Sparty, which is the Ozarks of Greece. And if any Spartacus are listening, I don't want to get hate mail. You and I both know 
That was, ask the Persian army what happened to them when they got mouthy with Sparti. They paid dearly for it. Yeah. But what happened? No. So, Tina, tell us. We want to know. Like, what, what, what was it? Like, what you, you just said, I'm, like me, stupid. Not stupid. I mean, we just thought, hey, we're going to go to L.A. because that's where you go. L.A. or New York. What happened? Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of, thank you for reminding me of the DNA because it does come through. And I'm like, I have a temper. And I'm like, oh, wait, wait. Hold on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, yes, I was in high school, and then I just decided that I want to pursue music as a career. So I, w- I already got accepted to UNC Chapel Hill in Tar Hill, and then I jumped into the music degree, and I backed it up with, like, RTVMP, you know, radio, TV, and um, radio music production, sorry. And then I actually just was became a classical guitarist through that, and I really fell in love with what the guitar is because it's kind of like the piano where there's multiple voices. So, like, you know... When you're playing guitar, I'm not just strumming. I literally am playing multiple lines. There's a bass, there's a soprano, and the alto in the middle. So it was really great to learn that in such a you know collegiate area because I got to learn everything, the history, the theory. And it was such a great experience to do that, to learn everything about music. And then, you know, graduated, and then now what? Who's going to hire me as a 22-year-old to write music so I went back to Charlotte trying to figure out what to do and you know I grew up in a restaurant of course I was washing dishes at eight years old and you know that was a lot of fun (laughs) every weekend yeah making pizzas on the weekends and everything and so then I was trying to figure out what to do next and I ended up going to a Suzuki guitar teacher training class in Los Angeles and the week I was here there was a huge Carolina event so I went to that and ran into people I've known with the, who were out here before me. And so they drove me around all of L.A., showed me everything, and really encouraged me to move out here. And so I did a month later with literally two suitcases and a guitar. Because my dad's like, you are not driving. We'll ship huh. your car. Um, you know, because it is a long drive. Yeah, and, it is. Yeah. It's, did you and do not the necessarily car? safe. Yeah, exactly. Especially by yourself. And, right. you know, I came out here with like a 12-year-old tourist that probably would not have made the trip. Yeah. <laughs> so then I get here and then my car, of course, takes like a month to get here. So I'm trying to figure out what to do. And um, I ended up bartending and waitressing and pursuing music. And so I started doing open mic nights, things like that. And this is back before, you know, this is in the late 90s, early 2000s. Social media was not what it was. You know, people were still going out to see music locally like that. You know, the world was very, LA was very different back then. It was really, you could be a struggling artist and live a good life. Like my rent was like $600 a month by myself. Even, yeah, adjusting for inflation, that's like $900 now. So there's no way. I don't think I could have done that now. (laughs) Now, Tina, let me ask you, before the first time you came to LA, had you ever come out here before that? No, never. Oh, so first time. So it's not... You know, I grew up in, well, I, I'm born from Montreal and grew up in Ottawa. Ottawa and Charlotte are similar. Then you come to L.A., it takes you by jet airplane 20 minutes just to fly over the city. I know. That's how big it is. Totally. And, and, not, and you know you need a car in L.A. You need a car. The public transportation sucks here. Yeah, and totally. So, interestingly, but, you know, I have to say, because as a comic, uh, when I moved to Toronto to make the transition, I know a lot of guys had a hard time getting side jobs, but but when you're Greek, you're automatically trained in about eight different positions by the age of twelve. Yeah. So you you go to any place, and I remember even going. Uh, my dad had a burger restaurant, 
And we could go, I could walk in and do that. We could we do sales, we do marketing because we worked in that thing. Do you find that it's, I know it's a lot of performers that come. St. Sophia is pretty much the Hollywood church. They okay. don't like to be called that, but it is because mm-hmm. that's pretty much where they go. But it, regardless, do you find the Greek background gives you more courage? It, it's like your dad said, you know, I'm going to ship your car. He didn't say to you, don't go, don't do it. He said, okay, you can go, but I'm going to ship your car to you because I'm worried about you being, and it's true, driving across America is, is a shit show. You don't know what you're going to encounter. But at the same time, do you find that? And I think this is, I can say this for all Greeks. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I am. But can you, do you find that we have that instinct, the survival instinct, wherever we go? And we did inherit that. That's one of the great traits we inherit. Because my dad would say to me, okay, you want to be a comic, be a comic, be a good comic. Like, don't, like, make them laugh, but don't make them laugh at you. Yeah, and I think Greeks have that pride, like your dad, and I like what you said. That tells me you do it, do it right, do it right. And, and the thing is, it's ingrained in us, but we also have a survival instinct. Not everybody. She's from North Carolina. Go literally from one coast to the other coast yeah. to a place you've never been and pursue a career. That's the bigger part of the courage. That to me is bigger than I. How many people have told you I've always wanted to do this? Why didn't you do it? What did you wait for? Mm-hmm. So I applaud you for that. But do you find, my question to you now and all of you is, do you find that we have a survival instinct? You put, put a Greek anywhere. I met them in Alaska. I just went to Alaska and I ran into Greeks, like in Juneau, Alaska. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? <laughs> you know, but they were there. <laughs> but, you know, it's, do you find that? Because, I mean, you know, it's yeah. so weird. No, I agree, because for me, it just seemed like, yeah, let's just do it. And, you know, my grandfather, the one from Potmos, he and his brother came over. They were in shipping, and they just docked in North, in I think in North Carolina somewhere. They went all over the coast, and they just never got back on the boat because there was not many opportunities, and they just figured it out. And then he married my grandmother, who was born here, and became a citizen. And then my dad, same thing. He came over from Sparta and went through Ellis Island, the whole thing. And I think it is just like, let me just go and just, throw myself into this unknown adventure. So I feel like it was part of my DNA. It wasn't uncommon. That's the story I've always heard. So to me, it was kind of normal. Like, this is just what you do. You figure out something, you just go for it. And granted, it was not easy. You know, when I got here, it's like every, you know, it was, I think I had my foot, one foot out of LA for a while. Because it is, when I first visited, I felt like it was very much like Charlotte. Because just big and not as big, obviously, but unorganized and I'm like I can do this it felt good because actually I went to New York right after I graduated and I loved it I wanted to live in New York but I'm like I don't know if I can handle that winter Uh, and and I felt like if I moved out there with the friends I knew I probably would have never pursued the songwriting I would have just gotten a job and just been in the grind to pay rent in California you know especially at that time was like the potential of anything you want to do just come out here and just do it the artistic energy is here it's very open to anything like you can literally create anything you want out here the the atmosphere is very conducive to that well you you were saying before so you you got you got a side job you know to support your dream and so just tell us how did that lead to where you are now so mm-hmm. it was it a straight path to music the audience may not know this. We know this. You you are doing something else as an entrepreneur. 
And I kind of want to like hear how the path led you here now to where you are. So, <laughs> so you were doing, you were doing a side hustle. You were, you were waitressing, bartending. And then what yeah. happened? And then I started temping, you know, working in the industry a little bit, but you know, it doesn't pay very well and I didn't have much time. So that's why I went back into the bartending and waitressing because you make so much more money so much faster. And I'm like, I don't want to, I didn't want to work in an office, you know, then making what I think I was my first temp job was $10 an hour. Like after taxes, I think my check was $300 a week. Like it's ridiculous. And um, actually going back to, you know, the St. Sophia while I was there, a woman who grew up with, who I grew up with her cousins, her second cousins in Charlotte. And she heard I was from Charlotte. I grew up with them. And actually, I stayed with her for, you know, Tina Colavos? Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah, I stayed with I stayed with them for like three months when I first moved here. She's like, come stay with me. And I'm like, what? Thank <laughs> okay, God. So hold it right there. Here what she just said. I will move. Her cousin, second cousin knew someone in Charlotte. <laughs> now, oh, Tina, you come stay with me. Hold on. Stay. Who else does that? You know, Tina, it's funny you say that because when I moved to Toronto the first time up in Canada, couldn't find an apartment. And a Greek lady had an apartment in this house that she was renting out. And there must have been 70 people there. So I went up to her, you know, and, and she said to me, uh, what's your name? I go, Angelo Tsarukas. She goes, you Greek? I said, yes. And she goes, Mila Selinika? I go, yeah, I do. She says to me in Greek, Pas Neklisia. I go, nah. <laughs> <laughs> she went over and went to church. I go, yeah, I do. I go to church. Whenever I can, I'm uh, okay. She goes to me, I'm going to give you the apartment, but let those guys go through. You can leave. And wow. true to her word, it's the network. And, yeah. and what Tina just said, she comes to California, goes to St. Sophia. Somebody knows somebody. They see her. They see she's a nice person. Well, you know, crash at my place and we'll work it out. Awesome. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I know and, and I had that, no idea it was like a mansion in Brentwood, too, by the way. So, yeah, yeah. There, that, no, that, that was a bonus. And you're staying in Brentwood. And you're doing, you know, you're doing good. But you see, that yeah. that is the Filotimo. And that's, we, we always push it on the show sometimes about connecting Greeks. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is about it, you're a great example of connecting Greeks. Mm-hmm. Because here you are, North Carolina, you go to church, somebody knows somebody that you know that they know. Oh well, we have we have this big house. Uh, why don't you come stay with us for you know? We'll adopt you. We'll mm-hmm. feed you. <laughs> don't worry about it. You're Greek. Yeah. Oh, the that's first awesome. thing she did the night I got there, she made me a feta omelet, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> "Oh, that's awesome! What a nice lady!" Wow. But think about it. That, that because that is inte- integral into your story, right? I mean, it's like yeah. because those are the things that help you along the way, and you don't forget those people. You no. never forget those people that were there to help you. Yeah. And that's why I think in a lot of ways I'll pay it forward or if something ever arose one day that you can help somebody like that, you're going to help them because somebody helped you that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Any Greek, any Tar Heel, I'm like, what? What can I help you with? Even if just getting you tickets to a show or whatever, let me show you around LA because it is, it's a daunting city. It's so big. And right. it, I was going to the St. Sophia every Sunday and it was how I met people. It's how I kind of acclimated to the city. And some of those people are still my friends today. A lot of people moved away um, since then, but everyone, like you're saying, that's where everybody is a Hollywood thing. Hollywood and, thing. Um, you go yeah, there. The, you're, yeah. staying, you're staying with this person. And so, so where is your uh, musical dream going at this point? It's not really going anywhere because I'm just working. And that's when I was 
temping full time at a record label, which was good. You know, it's in the industry. I'm learning and I'm seeing things and figuring things out. And so, yeah, I stayed there for about three months and then eventually got my own place. And that's when I realized I need to start, I need to make changes because I'm not doing anything that I want to do. I need to have more time to write and to practice. So then I moved to Venice and had like a studio apartment and just kept playing and writing on my free time. I was bartending. I didn't really know how to bartend. I just kind of faked it and learned as I went. And this is right after they banned smoking, thank God. I could have (laughs) handled that. So I just did restaurant bartending and started playing open mics and just getting better and better and figuring it out because it is, you know, you're paying rent and everything's, you know, networking and doing that whole thing. And then, so one time I was playing a show, a coffee shop, and the guy occasionally rents out the Roxy Theater. And so he's like, would you want to come and do the Roxy show? And I'm like, of course. <laughs> and so the Greeks were always my best audience, too. Like, I would pass out my flyers after, you know, the coffee hour or any Bible study. And the Greeks <laughs> were always, you know, in my audience, very supportive. Nice. And that was huge. That was nice to walk in and have an audience and, you know, um, instead of just, you know, it's a lot to ask people to pay to park, come out on their free time, you know. And um, so then I played at the Roxy, and that was great. It was a wonderful experience. And then I called them to maybe book another show directly with them. So while I was there in the office, and this is, I've had a lot of these fluke things come into my life where I feel like even though it's been difficult, like there were always, um, you know, crumbs leading me along the way to where things were working in my favor. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting in the office. This is back before computers were really a thing. Like you had to call in and give your credit card over the phone to buy tickets. So they're slammed. There's only one person in the office. Everybody left for some reason. I'm sitting there waiting for the talent buyer. And the main talent buyer turns to me and is like, hey, would you want a job like working part-time answering phones? You know, can you start right now? (laughs) After working there for a while, I realized that never happened. It was very like meant to be in that moment. So I literally started working at the Roxy. And that's kind of how I started really working in entertainment. So I was bartending still full-time, and then I was coming in during the day, working in the box office, doing production things, doing whatever they needed, floating around and learning more and more about the music industry. And I got to perform there a few more times. Sorry, my cat is back. She's, <laughs> she has something to say. <laughs> so that's how the Roxy came into my life. And then soon after, I became the owner's assistant. He started working with bands that got signed to major labels. So the next thing I know, I'm talking to all the labels and I met a ton of people. I learned a lot. This is also a different time in music where it was a lot of that angry rap rock. And I was trying to do demos myself and little cassette tapes and they weren't really coming out great. And I still just kept performing and doing my thing. And then soon after that, the Roxy, um, sorry, um, (laughs) She likes to sing, too. So um, with the Golden Voice subleased the Roxy, and then they brought in Best Beverage Catering. And so Best Beverage is who I work for now, and we're the concessionaire for music venues and festivals. And so that's where I got even more buying power. And at the Roxy, when I was the buyer, everybody wanted to be there because it's the Roxy Theater. So Tell everybody the importance of the Roxy, Tina, because that's that's a historical... Yeah. The Doors played there. I think Motley Crue played there. Everybody I mean, played there. Yes. Everybody played yeah, the Rainbow yeah. Room, yeah. Yes, the Go-Go, go. the Roxy in yeah. L.A. on the legendary Sunset Strip. And you also have a night at the Roxy. Uh-huh. The, the comedy the movie was scary. No, oh, that's the Roxbury. That's yes. in L.A. too, right? Yeah, it's down the street, but it's gone now. Right. It, that's gone. So I get, I get that mixed up. 
the Roxbury, and then and then but the but the Roxy is still alive and kicking. Yeah, but even even people like myself who have never been to LA have nothing to do with LA. I mean, we are all very familiar with all of these names because right you can't be you can't be you can't follow pop culture in America and not know these names. Yeah. These are like iconic. Yeah, no, and then actually I skipped a step. So I started, I became the buyer for the alcohol and doing special events. And that's when I really developed, you know, all the relationships I had. And then when the takeover came, then I started working statewide. But yeah, the Roxy was a great experience. I got to see Depeche Mode there. Wow. You too, Sting, Billy Joel. Oh, it was, uh, and it, and it, it's such a small room and it has such a great sound. You feel like you're in, the, uh, there's not a bad seat in the house. It's like yeah, you're it's in your living room. Yeah. So it's a very intimate room, and they would have gigantic acts. Like I saw Rage Against the Machine there. I mean, uh-huh. everybody everybody plays there, and it's such a it's a wonderful, wonderful room. The building's over a hundred years old. Yeah. Huge history there. And Lou Adler's the owner, and he you know he created Rocky. He you know turned Rocky Horror Picture Show into a film. It was at the Roxy where they did their first initial American run for that play. Oh, another thing. Um, the what's his name? Pee Wee Herman. That HBO special that broke his career was right. At Roxy. At the Roxy. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. So there's well, a the lot place, of history there. That place is is a, I've been there a few times, and you don't know, like you said, when you I mean, you too, Billy Joel. I mean, these band, you know, these are guys that these are bands that fill up stadiums yeah. now. Oh yeah, yeah. And then you you get to see them at the Roxy. You know, it's like the Troubadour. When yeah. John, when they made the movie, he got his break at the Troubadour. Yeah, yeah. That's it's so cool right. to, yeah. to hear all this because, yeah. like I said, I, as far as I'm concerned, I'm, an, I'm a complete outsider, but I've seen enough movies, watched enough TV shows, seen enough documentaries where these are like these fantastical places that really exist. But in my mind, it's like this like amazing, legendary fantasy world. But it's real. It's true. Like watching the Doors movie and like just thinking of being like there at that time and watching them there and, and like Fantastic. all these. Like, mm. No, just walking down the street. There's Slash. There's John. Yeah. Like I feel. I wish I was there during the sixties and seventies when it was like that. But yeah, same thing. There. Yes, yeah. and like I was actually in, working the box office the night there was this big um, showcase thing, and it was when Lincoln Park got signed. It was like when wow. they were breaking. And I remember hearing them, and the next thing you know, they're (laughs) exploded across the country. So it is, it's a legendary place, but it's such a wonderful room. The sound is always good, and the view is always good, even if you're at the very back of the room. Yeah, there's no bad place to watch the show. Exactly. So from there, Tina, what, because, you know, uh, uh, that's a great, a great description of that, that. A venue, which is legendary venue in in the world of music, anywhere. Um, what gave you this idea for Tina's Planet Vodka? vodka? Yes, we call it Tina's. We call it Tina's Vodka. Tina's Planet Vodka is the full trademark name. And yeah, I got the I like planet. That. Yeah, because I'm from the earth, and I give back to the earth with um, my charity partner. So yeah, after being you know everyone being at the legendary Roxy Theater, being the buyer. Everybody wanted to be there, so I'm being pitched on every brand, every whiskey, tequila, everything you can imagine. And then it got even bigger when I started working with Best Beverage because we were across the whole country. I mean, the country and mostly my job was over the state of California, but we have such buying power. And so just after trial and error and just seeing that, you know, 
There's most of the vodkas made in America are full of GMO source, you know, which GMO is not, it's even just about the seed. It's also about the horrific pesticides that go along with the GMO and what it does to our soil and our crops. And it's and tell people what GMO stands for. Uh, genetically modified organisms. Right. And so what people I don't think realize is that the organisms, the DNA of those organisms kept being modified so it could actually survive being sprayed with these pesticides. Yeah. So they kept changing the DNA until it would stop dying. So imagine what that's doing to your body. That if mm. it can withstand pesticides, what? how is your body going to break it down? Does it even recognize it as food? You know, and I know there's a lot of controversy about this, and there's a lot of lobbyists about it, and people are saying... There's, really, there's really not a lot of controversy. There's a lot of lying on the there's a lot of lobbyists, <laughs> but I don't... I personally do not know of any controversy because facts are facts, and the one of the big issues of our days today is that people are just not accepting of facts or ignoring facts. It's a fact. So it, it, no controversy. This is real. This is real. What you I'm are saying you. is true. I'm with you on that. And that's it. I think there's a lot of paid articles out there saying, no, there's no link to this. It's like they're wearing hazmat suits while they're spraying the food you're going to eat. What do you think that's going to do to your stomach? That's just common sense. Come on. Like, well, I you also think that the rate of cancer and of, of, of Alzheimer's and dementia yeah. are the highest yeah. here. Yeah. And yeah, everybody's unhealthy. And like when we were kids, we ate everything. Like I ate sausage, grits, butter, lard. No one was fat. No one was unhealthy. We just, we were outside all the time too. And we're also Spartan, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it's interesting you say that because I like the way you're connecting you know, the arts, uh, and with nutrition. And, and the reality is, there's, if you've seen on 60 Minutes, Ikaria, the Ikaria, which is in the Ionian side, uh, has, uh, per capita, the most amount of centurions in the world live there because everything they eat is what they call here, uh, a natural diet or organic. And Greece, yeah. it's called Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and, and, exactly. And they have the tomatoes from the garden, and yep. the oregano, and and I say in the Horiover, my yeah, yeah. And it's funny why Greek yogurt became so because of the proprieties and uh, yeah. you know and all the antibodies it has in it. And yeah. it's funny how people want to adopt a Mediterranean diet, and and that's why you know when you look at people in those places, right? You know they, they live so long. So yeah. it's funny how we. Now I think we're starting to see, and I think it's in the same with your product, is that you're saying, look, I'm going to make this product, but I'm going to do it in a way where you can enjoy it, but it's not going to be as detrimental to your health as other things possibly could be. And I, I just want to, I just want to say very quickly, Tina, that I, as a younger man, I used to drink responsibly, but uh, I used to be drunk like three, four times a week. So, um, I swore off a of vodka because I would just feel miserable after. I, just, I like I couldn't do it. Vodka just was like I, it was something I loved when I was younger. Wrote it off. Fast forward, um, you know, we meet you. We we, we talk about your product. Forty uh, is like, yeah, it's really good. You got to try it. You uh, send us product. <laughs> I have a tasting with all, like family and friends and neighbors and everybody. I end up, you know, getting real social and you know putting them back and back and back and i could have run a marathon the next morning 
And it just goes to show me that this product, because I've drunk a lot of other vodkas and I just feel like hell. You know, Tito's or, or, I I can't even mention like all of them, but like felt like hell. And this is the God's honest truth. I drank a lot one night of your vodka and I could have woken up and run a marathon. I felt perfect. So it just went to show for me that it was like, this is like a clean clean drink this is this is great if i'm gonna drink this is what i want to drink sweet i'm gonna put that on loop can you send that to me this is from my <laughs> instagram feed so we <laughs> so know now exactly well that's part of why i was tasted on everything and, and you know the european brands are better but the american brands you know there's so much cheating going on or just you know the, a lot of the crop is is gmo so and they don't need to disclose it right you don't have to you don't have to disclose it no and that's you know, a big problem because yeah. a lot of these big brands really have a lot of crap in their stuff. Oh, and there's additives after. So after the distillation, you can add sugar, glycerin, high fructose corn syrup, food coloring. And if you stand a certain threshold, you don't have to put it on the label. So that was what that was a big thing to me because I read every label. I care about how I feel. I care about my health. I feel like health is number one. And if you're going to have alcohol, have a good one. And have it be clean. I it's literally my vodka is organic non-GMO corn spirit and water. That's it. No additives, nothing. And that's why when you woke up the next day, you're like, hey, this is great. It's because it shouldn't because you're what you're reacting to a lot of times is the additives. Or and the glyphosate can I always get that glyphosate or glyphosate. I kind of mix it up, but (laughs) um, it can survive the distillation process, and that's how powerful. That pesticide is. And if you don't want that in your food, why would you want it in your drinks? And also, when you buy alcohol that is made from GMO sources, you are giving your money to those type of farming. And you're perpetuating pesticides in our food chain. Mm -hmm. And it's not good for anyone. It's in the soil. It's killing us. It's killing the soil. kills everything. And that's why um, during the pandemic lockdowns, I saw the film Kiss the Ground, which is about regenerative agriculture. And it's part of how... Um, I became a partner with them because I was so moved and inspired by the film because it's all about the soil health because all the microorganisms they talk about now based on about our gut health, the microbiome is everything. And if that's out of whack, nothing can work well. Like yeah. uh, everything can be corrected once that is corrected too. So they talk about how intelligent the planet is and how it knows what to do with the microorganisms and with the carbon and nitrogen. It knows where to send it into the in which plant gets it, how the soil disperses everything. It's so intelligent, but when it's covered with pesticides, it can't do any of that, and it turns into dirt. And then you have, you know, the dust bowl, you have runoff, you have all these fires because there's not anything holding down that, you know, the soil's not resilient. And then you're going to put that into your body. So there's literally deplete of any any vitamins. You're just eating filler. You're not getting any type of healthy bacteria or anything you need so it's this vicious cycle and i know it's a vodka but 40 percent of the corn grown in this country goes to making spirits and if for if everybody in the spirits industry was like we want non-gmo corn mm. think of the impact that would have on the climate Huge. and how much better all the uh, right. sequestration where it brings the co2 back into the ground where it belongs and then it feeds everything into in the soil and so going to that my greekness i have a thing that's owl on the tree earth and that is about the female ownership 
you know, no offense. <laughs> oh, I think it's wonderful. If it takes a female owner to do what's right by the environment, hey. do what's right for the product, more power to you. I, I don't like whoever abides by these rules. And, you know, you probably could make a whole lot more money if you bypass a lot of the stuff that you're doing. But it's because you care about the product, you care about what you're doing, yeah. you care about the environment. And that is something that every, not just entrepreneur, but like every big corporate, everybody should be doing it. Yeah. How realistic is it? I don't know, but you're doing it and we applaud you for that. But you know, Tina, you made me think, you said, because the woman, I keep thinking of the dad and big fat Greek wedding. <laughs> Didn't I say is a mistake to educate women? <laughs> and it's so, that was so... But Nia Vardalos, because she made that film, when she put that in, it was she took a misogynistic or chauvinistic attitude of Greek men. The old school. Turned yeah. it around. Yeah. Remember the mother said, yes, that man may be the head, but the woman is the neck, and the neck controls the head. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of that's also being Spartan, too. You know, they educated the women. Well, that's it. 2,000 years ago. And, and, you know, I come from, a, I have two sisters, so... We were all women, so we, and my dad, and both my parents, my mom's a Tar Heel also, she went to Carolina, they were very big, my dad's like, you're going to college, like, that was the thing, he was like, oh, yeah, doing yeah. this. And you gotta go. Yeah. That's, that's great, like, I mean, this, it's a remarkable, the fact that you're so knowledgeable about uh, your product, you sold all of us on it, and whoever's going to listen today, if you haven't learned something today, then you're a Tuvlo, because he <laughs> spelled it out for you, and said, look, man, this is... Tina's Planet Vodka is have fun, enjoy, and live longer doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, put yeah. all this crap in our body. And I agree yeah. because, you know, we're eating all kinds of scatta today. It's just oh, yeah. we don't even know what the hell we're eating half the time. And, and I think what happens, especially in America now, everything's made for taste. Yeah. yeah. It's for taste. And no, everything's mass-produced. And in order, in order to mass-produce something yeah. and keep the taste consistent, you have to fill it up with a bunch of horrible, horrible things. And, and that, that's what's happening. Yeah. yeah and it, it's unnecessary, though. But it is even like when we were kids, you know, I'm Gen X, proudly Gen X. And, um, <laughs> you know, we had real food. It was like yeah. in the 80s when it really got bad. And it just kind of yeah. came in under the radar we didn't even know and the next thing you know everybody's got these health issues that yeah. just never existed before yes. and you know and i think that's what people are getting wise to and that was another thing with my vodka yeah i could make a gmo corn vodka and it would be probably a quarter of the price yeah but i want i really wanted this is how i eat and this is what i want to put out into the world and i want to support the farmers who grow corn this way and i want to give back to farmers so like when you see the film kiss the ground they talk about how regeneration is you know going to change fix everything and you know during the pandemic we saw how quickly the earth can fix things when we get out of the way and um i would like to go to a farmer in the midwest or anywhere in the country and be like tina's vodka will buy you whatever equipment you need to get off of the pesticide get off the gmos let's buy you the proper plow whatever soil, whatever you need, I want to help do that because the effects of that are just exponential. And I want clean water. I want clean food. I want to be healthy. And also to that, I want it to taste good. Like yeah. Fulci and I talked about this a lot. There's a lot of non-GMO and organic vodkas, but they're not tasty. Like they're a few more 
awful. So we took an extra step with the vodka, though. So a a very quick side note, um, a professional, uh, uh, a a person in the industry had a blind taste test with seven industry people, and all seven, again, this is God-honest truth, all seven chose your vodka as the best-tasting vodka to blind taste test. Nice. Yes. Yes. So, yes. Well, we definitely definitely need to send Angelo, so we need to get his. I'm I'm down the street from you. I'll bring you some tomorrow. All right. That's awesome. Angelo, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. You know who has it? The great Greek. Dionisi brought it in. Dionisi, I'm very good friends with Dionisi. Love him. So And and Dobrev. His uh, Bulgarian manager, the other guy, Dobrin. Okay. And I've been going there for years. Love, love the great Greek. Yeah, the great so Greek great. is tops. Yeah, Dionysi is super good guy. Great guy. Yeah, I was just there the, um, over the weekend. We had dinner, and he always um, is great to see with the music. And he's like, you here for the vodka? I'm like, of course. And your food. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, he, um, so actually what we did with my vodka to take it an extra step is after the distillation process, we filter it through a proprietary system that involves organic coconut shells, and it takes out every impurity. So that's why the next day you felt so great because all that extra stuff was gone. It's yes. literally just organic spirit and water. And you, it, I mean, you, you could say whatever you want. I believe you, but after I drank a lot of your vodka, I was like, <laughs> I am so screwed tomorrow. How am I going to get any work done? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? I woke up and I was just raring to go. I was like, what is happening? This is amazing. Yes. And I think that is priceless. So my bottle usually retails, you know, by the time it gets to a store, it's around 28, 29, 30. I've seen stores charge 38, some 25. That's up to them. But if you pay $5, $10 more and you don't, and you feel like that the next day, I say it's worth every penny. It's worth it. I don't want to speak. I don't want to speak for you, but I just want to say if, if, the five dollars for everything this vodka represents, for everything this vodka does, if the five dollars gonna bother you, then you know, just keep moving, please. And that's- I'm sorry, I'm not speaking on your behalf, but I'm that's my opinion. No, I agree, because I do. I put my money where my mouth is. You know, I'm an official partner with Kiss the Ground. I'm listed on their website and I've already given them, you know, ten percent of what I've grossed this awesome. year. Um, and I'm like, I'm serious. I the planet, you know, the planet doesn't need us. We need the planet. The, you know, it'll shake us up. Like we talked about, like a bad case of fleas. Six months yeah, later, yeah. we didn't know we were here. You know, we're like, oh, it's going to be the end of the world. No, no, no. no. We don't yeah, have the humans, but the world is going to be just fine. It'll keep going. I say the same thing about Kalimnos. We don't need Kalimnos. Kalimnos needs us. Right? That's... <laughs> you know, you know, no, the funny thing you say about Kalimnos and Fati is we, we've been bad-mouthing GMOs so much, but, you know, Fati is a genetically modified organism, so <laughs> just try not to say too much. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Y'all are funny. Unfortunately, I'm surrounded by impurities like Angelo and... Oh, uh, Angelo. <laughs> good one, Fati. Good one. Well, like, this is amazing. Uh, we Before we wrap up, though... Uh, what did you have? Uh, uh, yes, we'd love to, to ask you a question. Uh, sure. You know, listen to your story. You know, very inspirational. And as Angela had mentioned before, you know, it takes a special breed of individuals to make things happen, no matter where you are. Um, you know, your timeline shows that you know you set out for certain things in life, and sometimes you take a different route, and it brings you somewhere that you never imagined, but you're still enjoying the ride. 
what advice would you give to our younger audience that's listening today that have a dream that they want to pursue? Wow. I would say the biggest thing, if I could go back and tell my younger self to realize you're not creating music, you're not creating vodka, you're creating yourself. You're becoming a different version of yourself. And every time you have a challenge, it's an opportunity to become an... <laughs> I told you my cat's a singer. <laughs> Another version of yourself and to test yourself and to go on this route, like you're saying, it's like you're ready for that. Okay, what are you going to throw at me? And and now I've realized when I'm feeling that way, feeling a little overwhelmed or like, what am I going to do? Embrace it and be like, this is exciting. This is an opportunity to embrace a new part of myself and rise to the occasion instead of be afraid of it or be afraid, stressed out. Like it's a yeah. songwriter. So I finally finished my record. I finished my record. I went through three different producers to get it done. And then I finished it after two and a half years. I was working full time. We go to mastering and literally the world shuts down during that (laughs) out of nowhere. So after all this, you know, it's a very weird time. It didn't feel appropriate to release the record. We were going to release the record and vodka at the same time. I had no idea a pandemic was upon us. So, but through that, I'm like, I felt in my heart and my gut to keep writing music because my music is I feel like you know inspirational I like the song that I wrote during the pandemic it's called the magical ones it's like it's about how powerful we are the power we have within us tap into that and you can do anything you want and you know especially like with films it's always a superhero coming to save you or you know during the pandemic they're telling us how weak we are you got to stay home and be afraid I'm like no I've got power in me God-given power, universal power, whatever you want to call it. And I can, you know, uh, not just survive, but I can thrive and create the world I want, but I have to tap into that. And I think that, you know, everybody needs to tap into that within them. You've just been conditioned out of it. And so I'd say for a young person, realize you're going to have a lot of opposition thrown at you, but always check in here and in here and be true to yourself. And don't be afraid of the challenge. It's making you better. Everything I've gone through, I probably wouldn't change anything. Even the every asshole I met. <laughs> Everybody, you know, I've had people sing my lyrics. Oh, she's looking at you. <laughs> All the people from Calumnos, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now, you got, now you got her on it. You did it on the joke. <laughs> 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 but all of it, I not change anything because it got me here. It got me to, you know, totally. the record that I always wanted to create. I have a vodka and my whole life prepared me for this moment. And I never had no idea it would culminate into something that I didn't see. Like, I, I feel like my story is also inspirational to the people. It's like, what's going on in your day job, your daily life? You're picking up skills it's getting you prepared for something that you may not be aware of yet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the times I was bartending, waitressing, angry that I should be playing my music. Thank God. Thank God it turned out this way because I'm completely independent. I own everything and I can do it on my terms and make the vodka the way I want to make it, make my music the way I want to make it, meet awesome people like y'all who are supportive. <laughs> <laughs> and um, just keep going on, the, you know, and just keep, you know, talking about what's important, like the planet, you know, and our health and everything we're doing and connecting with like-minded people. And it's not about the money. It's not about the greed. I feel like we're going into a new state of consciousness with the whole planet where everyone can yeah. win. We're not going to win on the same levels, but people don't have to, people can thrive 
And other people don't have to be destitute. It doesn't have to be win-lose. Like, we can all live a good life and pursue what we want. Bravo. You know, working together instead of trying to steal or take yeah. away and be, you know, winner takes all. No, I don't want to live in that world. Now, Tina, you like, you like the number two. I do? Yeah. It's the number two. I don't know if you're aware of it. I don't what know. What two, 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 22 mean to you? Oh. Well, am I, I'm born on the 22nd. You're born on the 22nd. March 22nd. Stop this. Huh? Go ahead. No, you launched something on those big <laughs> yes. yes, I did. And, yes, I forgot and, about and, that. And I, it's this is a weird thing. Yeah. I'm reading it. There had to be a connection. Now, they, they, I'm, not a, I'm not a medium. <laughs> but they, I'm not a medium. But the, the, this is, comes from, this is from the other side of the gypsies of my family. Uh, are, you, are, you gonna read my, are you going to read my coffee, the Greek coffee? Next? I do read it. I do read it. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, that's another episode. But okay. I do read it. And, and, and the thing is, um, there's a connection for you there. And now you said your birthday's at 20. I'll tell you why, because my birthday's 22 also. What? Oh, oh, oh. June. June. Ah, okay. Wait, you cancer. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Oh, cancer. Uh, twenty two, and that's why I knew the the thing at twenty two. Yes. So the day my vodka was available with Southern Wine and Spirits was February second, twenty twenty two. Yes. Two, two yeah. twenty two. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you're freaking me out now. I'm not gonna sleep tonight. <laughs> No, but I said, I said there's got to be yeah. th- th- there's that connection to it. Yeah. It's numerology, but it's a good number. Yeah, totally. It's a good number. The twenty, the, the twos. The twos. But it's, anyway, I'm going to a little spiritual here. It's good. Um, it, uh, Tina, can you, uh, can you uh, although we'll list everything in, uh, in the show notes and the podcast notes, can you give everybody uh, a website? They could listen to you. They could uh, learn more about the vodka. They could just get their fill of everything yeah sure the vodka website is just tinasvodka.com and there is a there's a page that is to my dedicated to my music on that website but then my cool. um, music is on tinacaras.com it's k-a-r-r-a-s you can find everybody, it everybody uh, we, we want everybody watching and listening to definitely check you out i mean yeah, thank you music wise go to our website uh actually we'll have uh as far as i uh, i spoke to Fote, we're going to have some of your music featured as well and then on the other side, the vodka, I stand by it. I'm 100% uh, a fan, uh, 100% amazing product. You got to send some to Angelo or drop it off because he needs to taste this. It, it's so good. It. And um, we just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Thank you for telling us your story. I want to say thank you very much to Foti. And as always, Angelo, you are the man. Thanks for the time you spend with us and thanks everybody out there for watching and listening and tina once again thank thank you so much thank you thank you tina thank you and we'll see you all next time have a great night day week everything bye-bye bye everybody